How do you feel when the topic of social media comes up in conversation? Do you immediately think of all the bad things that get utilised for, people that have made mistakes on it, and how when you think about how you might utilise it for you and your business, you're thinking, well, I don't want to make those mistakes. I just don't want to be there. But in this world of rapidly evolving social media and conversations that we never thought were possible, it's so important that we embrace it, but do it properly. And to help us with that, I've invited the author of Social Media Secret Source, Adam Houlihan, to share with you just that. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours. And we're into episode 64, coming to you live from retail and customer tech here in Melbourne, thanks to association and communication events. Well, it's been a big two days. We're in the start of the second day as I record this right now. And so far, we've heard from brands like Tesco, Zappos, Nordstrom, and even local brands like Woolworths, which uh, have a fantastic customer journey plan, which I think we can all learn from, as well as also hearing some of the biggest innovations coming from Google, which is a big thing to say, considering all of the innovation pies they are already part of, but in the retail space where that's going. So I'm going to dedicate next week's episode to sharing with you my key learnings from these conferences, because there have been so many of them that I really couldn't probably do it justice in a couple of minutes at the beginning of this show. Big show today, nonetheless. Uh, Got time for a check-in with you announcement, which I know you're all going to love. And a listener question, which was a fantastic one. And also we'll finish off with the transformation quote of the week, which will come from episode 34, which of course you may always remember was a fantastic interview that we had with Tim Reid from Small Business Big Marketing. So how's your week been this week? We finally got our letter of intent signed as an industry between the federal government and the Pharmacy Guild. So we know what those goalposts are, roughly what they're going to look like when the agreement is going to get signed imminently as well. So it gives us the opportunity to know what we can control and what we can't control. And obviously that's something we can't and we're going to embrace all the opportunity that it brings us. But there's so many huge opportunities in our retail space as we've spoken about and a lot's going to come out from these learnings I'm going to share with you next week from the two days I've spent at Retail and Customer Tech. So this week for me has also been a very busy one trying to get to this conference but also spending time with motivated pharmacy owners like you in their discovery sessions. And I just wanted to share with you a few themes that have come up. As you may have already seen, our preview video has come from Amcal Max in Taronga. So thank you to Andrew, Yen, and Ben, who uh, hosted me for a discovery session only a couple of days ago. But also one of the themes that have come out in the last few weeks, which I wanted to share, was around time and responsibility. I think 
As pharmacy owners, we do have too many things on our plate at any given time, too many responsibilities, things that we feel that no one will do anywhere near as well as us, and therefore we'll always do them. And the end result is a dispensary bench at the end of the day, which is full of unfinished tasks and things that leave us unfulfilled, but ultimately leave us doing work well into the wee hours of the night and also early morning as well. So we need to leverage our time better. And as we've been discovering, there are some great ways for you to do that, creating systems and processes and also being able to eliminate some of these tasks that probably can be automated through some smart technology as well. So if you would like to discover where you can best leverage your time and also your biggest business opportunities, book in for that discovery session. As we've mentioned on the show previously, all you need to do is do the Pharmacy Freedom Index, which is available at pharmacyfreedomindex.com. I'll put the link in the show notes as well if you haven't heard it before, as we tend to talk about it a little bit. Um, But as you might also have found out, in these discovery sessions, you'll leave these with a 12-month blueprint of what you can do, as well as if you'd like to accelerate your results, you'll also find out if you qualify for the transformation program, where you'll get the opportunity to work directly with me and my team over the next 12 months, which features things like full project management, concierge support and done for you systems that help to leverage these best opportunities and get great results in the next 12 months. I promised a big announcement and there is a big announcement. Obviously, because you tune into the Transformation Show, you have found that inserting, I guess, my wisdom or at least my dulcet tones into your earbuds every week has given you the ability to learn about what smart technology might be around and what are these opportunities that you can take advantage of in your business. But there are so many, I guess, terrific opportunities outside um, of me and other podcasts that you can get through audiobooks. As we spoke about in the five prescriptions for a stress-free holiday, which if you haven't already downloaded, you can grab from robertstar.com forward slash stress-free holiday. And one of those things was about combining physical exercise in the morning, which is something that I do, with some learning, which might be a podcast like Transformation. But for me, I actually find a lot of benefit in getting audiobooks inserted into my earbuds as it I've always set a goal to try and read more, but I've never found the time and it really helps to leverage my time very, very well. So something like that is obviously quite beneficial. I've found myself and from talking to motivated pharmacy owners, you'd all love to be able to do something similar. So what I've actually done is I've spoken to the guys at Audible and they have arranged um, the ability for you to get a free audiobook. So you can download any title you like. Um, and I'll give you a couple of examples of ones that I've found really useful. Um, and you get a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service as well. So I'll put a link in the show notes of how you can do that. Uh, but the one I probably recommend that you look at first, and we are talking about this only yesterday with a motivated pharmacy owner, is around developing a great culture in your business. And I had the pleasure of actually hearing from Jeff Apps, who is one of the Zappos employees and the chief engineer at Zappos um, at Customer Tech yesterday. And where I'm going with this is that their CEO and founder, Tony Shea, wrote the most fantastic book 
an audio book that you can listen to around delivering happiness, which is one thing that they deliver as a key value of their company, but it enabled them to build a culture around that value. And that culture became so valuable I guess from a monetary point of view, it attracted a large investment from Amazon when they were acquired, but ultimately it was the most valued thing in their organization. Some of the highly technical people that could have worked at Zappos didn't because they didn't fit their culture. And it's just a great example of what we need to do in our businesses into creating a culture that delivers the closely, I guess, connected vision to our customers and our community but also a patient-centric one as well. So if we want our businesses to be able to do this, we need to create culture like that. So that was a great example that I've taken away and have listened to earlier this year, and I think you'd get a lot of uh, value out of that. If you're interested, I'm currently listening to The Samsung Way, which is Transformational Management Strategies, funnily enough, um, and uh, you're getting a lot of value out of, I guess, how they evolved to be the powerhouse company that they are today. So you can download things like Delivering Happiness or another audiobook for free by tryingaudible.com. And the link that you'll need is audibletrial.com forward slash transformation. That's audibletrial.com forward slash transformation. And I'll put a link in the show notes that you can grab um, straight after you listen to this episode. So we've got a listener question this week from Gina in Victoria. And I wanted to share that with you because we often may, may feel that our industry is fairly male dominated as far as pharmacy owners are concerned. But it's always great um, to um, hear from our female owners as well, and particularly those that want to, I guess, innovate and create, I guess, a different world and vision for our pharmacies as well, which is obviously attuned to this show. So it was brilliant to hear from Gina. And she wrote... I've been listening to your podcast recently with great interest. I'm a recent recruit to the world of business ownership and in the process have taken on a pharmacy that was stuck in a time walk. Well, I think there's a few more of those. So the podcasts are re- fairly relevant to me. I love technology and efficiency, so the content is great. I'm yet to read your book from APP. Oh, thank you for thinking of reading it as well, Jane. I really do appreciate that. And so for now, the podcast on my way to work will have to suffice. Um, I notice you have a lot of men on your show. It'd be great to hear from motivated, innovative women in the field as well. Well, thank you, Gina. Thank you for getting in touch and for listening and inserting me into your earbuds on the way to work um, in listening to the show. Um, Massive congratulations on uh, taking the plunge into ownership, especially one that's in in need of acceleration into the 21st century. Um, I recommend if you haven't already, um, checking out uh, Kathy Reed's episodes. I don't think there's a better uh, female pharmacist and pharmacist pharmacy owner in the country that can show you what's possible as far as where innovation can take your career across the many different companies that she's been involved in. And you can get that at um, robertstar.com forward slash episode 48. I'll put a link 
in the show notes for you to grab. Um, and whilst not pharmacists, I've also got Amanda Fisher uh, in episode 44 to talk to you about cloud accounting, uh, Tracy Angwin from episode 56 um, on the payroll revolution, and um, also um, a, a recent episode as well in episode 60, which was with uh, Sarah Kasharsky, who's uh, an inspirational e-patient. Um, and you might even be asking, if you haven't listened to that episode, what is an e-patient? Well, it's ultimately a patient that uh, is engaged and electronically connected into the world of social media. And um, it, it'd be fantastic um, to get your feedback as to what you think about those ones as well. But I'm always keen to hear from uh, motivated pharmacy owners also from the female variety. So if you know of any, please nominate them. I'd love to interview them on the show. There's never been a better time to tune into the Transformation Show. So if you're enjoying it each week, I'd be most appreciative if you could share a link to the show with a colleague that you know they enjoy as much as you do. So if you get them to go to transformationshow.com.au, I'd love you for it and really appreciate it. So we're going to get into Adam's interview today. He really does share all the secrets of social media secret source, which of course is the fantastic book that he has written as well. He'll demystify for you, I guess, all of the things that we don't like about social media, but how we can avoid the mistakes and really make it work for us and our businesses and create that closely connected community with our patients, not only in store, but in the virtual world as well. I know you're going to love it. Our interview today is with Adam Houlihan. He's a social media strategist and the author of Social Media Secret Source. Adam Houlihan, welcome to the Transformation Show. Thanks, Robert. Great to be here with you. Oh, fantastic, Adam. And I know with your uh, pedigree with social media, I know our listeners are going to get so much out of today. And, you know, it's always an area where a lot of pharmacy owners get very confused as to whether they should be there, whether they should leave it to others first and then jump in later. But uh, it's something that hopefully our listeners will walk away a lot clearer with by the end of our chat today. No, I'm sure we can uh, dispel a few myths and uh, give a few good tips and tricks as well. So looking forward to it. Uh, absolutely. And uh, often I ask my guests, you know, how, how did you get into social media? And I guess why do you see right now uh, that uh, social media plays such a critical role for modern small businesses, which are pharmacy businesses today? Sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good question. The, uh, I, I sort of got involved in social media almost by accident. Um, a few years ago, I was working with a company and um, just helping them fix a, um, a, basically it was a retail program, which is my background. And um, in doing the research for that, we, we found that um, you know, the companies that were really doing well in that space were implementing social media extremely well and the companies that weren't um, implementing social media weren't doing as well. So I just thought, wow, that, that's uh, enlightening and uh, it's probably something I need to really get my head around and, uh, and uh, get involved in. So I went from a zero start to uh, you know, a massive learning curve and uh, what I always say is what I, I call became a passion and my wife says it was an obsession, um, and uh, probably both right. But uh, uh, but yeah, so th here we are, you know, three years later, and um, 
it's, it's sort of you definitely become uh, more than a passion and uh, something that uh, I firmly believe that, that all, uh, especially retail uh, businesses, need to be involved in. Yeah, no, look, it's it's kept something that keeps evolving. We keep seeing new platforms bob up. You know, it's only a few weeks ago and I've had a little bit of a time to play with something like Periscope and see the possibilities of that type of thing. But uh, I guess, you know, even back a few years ago, um, you know, there are platforms that, you know, didn't didn't exist or didn't exist then that are now quite prevalent today. True. In fact, there's actually over 400 different social media platforms around the world. Uh, now, some of those are clearly industry-specific or country-specific, and uh, and probably it's a good good lead into one of the one of the myths that we really need to bust right right from the start, and and that is that uh, you need to be on every every social media platform around. You really don't. You really just uh, need to focus on uh, you know three, four absolute maximum, uh, but obviously they've got to be the ones that are going to get you the best sort of bang for your buck and time. So yeah, the you know, the next new shiny thing that's that's always coming out. I, I always tell my clients to just ignore them for a little while until you know we see whether they get any traction and value. And uh, Periscope's a good example. It's a you know it's a new uh, thing that Twitter's got happening, but um, uh, you know time will tell whether it, it, it adds any value or not. Yeah, no, look, absolutely, and you know it's always a very very key thing that uh, you know a lot of a lot of colleagues talk about, and that you know it is very confusing as where one wants to be. You know, you quite often hear all the horror stories of brands and companies that get it wrong and people that are overusing them for the wrong reasons and you know quite often for a lot of us is that that steers us away from even touching social media even once let alone 400 different platforms so I I guess when when you look at it um, in pharmacy you know over the years particularly going back a couple of centuries into the 1800s you know community pharmacies didn't have brands distribution channels and they really had to be that community hub and uh, quite often people would come to the pharmacy and learn a lot about what's going on in the community and you know it's a great example in the 1900s with the uh, soda fountains in the American drug stores which are probably the social media back then as well and I guess you know what's evolved since then is that the conversations moved away from you know localized areas where people would meet and have conversations to I guess the the broader broader community through digital now. Yep, yeah, that's very true, and um, and and to a lot of degrees, to to the detriment of uh, of communities in, in in a lot of ways. But um, it, it's it's also interesting that, um, as you say, the um, uh, yeah, that that whole community aspect. And reality is that that's what social media is. It's 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 you know it's just a whole bunch of communities, uh, and the, the idea is to create your own community. Uh, so. You know, that's that's one of the uh, another one of the myths is um, that you should really be you know, using it to a great degree to uh, you know promote sales uh, or uh, your services. Uh, my experience is that you know the best use of social media is exactly that create create those communities, create that uh, trust uh, and that um, uh, degree of influence that you have in a you know a local area. And of course, depending on the the business models, but uh, I'm a Imagining that most uh, uh, pharmacies, that the, the high majority of their sales are, are going to come from a certain, you know, uh, 
geographical distance from the, the location of the store. Would that be correct? Yeah, look, absolutely. And, you know, most are very localised businesses. And I guess it's also about, you know, some of the challenges, but also the opportunities in, in pharmacy today and that we have always been, you know, fixed locations, fixed opening hours and particular experts within the pharmacy sphere who are only available during certain times. But mm. I guess due to the pressures of other businesses that are now, you know, 24-7 retailers, there's an expectation of being able to, you know, visit the, visit stores, you know, even healthcare destinations like pharmacies online. And I think at the moment, some of the challenges we're seeing is that you might have a fantastic in-store experience when you visit a pharmacy, but then if you visit them on social media, on their websites, the experience is very, very different. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. It's not just, uh, not just pharmacies that, that uh, have that challenge. Uh, I work with lots of companies that have exactly that same challenge. They're getting that online uh, positioning and uh, uh, credibility and um, professionalism is uh, it's just a whole different ball game to what you do on a, a normal day-to-day uh, uh, activities within you know, a bricks-and-mortar business. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, look, I agree. And I think, you know, it's also about, I guess, recognising the changing, I guess, space where our potential customers and existing customers' eyeballs are. And, you know, as we quite often hear that, you know, people are spending more and more time on mobile devices and also on social media platforms in terms of number of hours per day versus the amount of TV hours viewed or newspapers read. Um, and so, you know, the, the types of advertising that we've been looking at in the past or spaces to promote our niche or what we really specialise and are good at, um, it's really changing. So I suppose it's just you know get, keeping pace with I guess where people's attention actually is. Exactly right. And I was actually looking at some really interesting statistics just last week around uh, Pinterest. Uh, Pinterest is a very uh, powerful social media platform, but it, you know you have to have the right strategy around using it. But um, it was really interesting to note that um, the the people you know if, if it was the right demographic for for your business, the the people who are active on Pinterest. Uh, the, the number of hours that they spent reading print magazines and watching TV and, uh, you know, the, the normal traditional ways that you might sort of do some advertising were dramatically, dramatically lower than, uh, you know, people who weren't necessarily, you know, used to using or interested in Pinterest. So, yeah, it's very, very much about knowing your, your demographic and um, what platforms they're on and, and what, uh, you know, what activities they, they are and are not involved in. And, and a good point you made too, Robert, was around, um, you know, the, the ever-increasing use of mobile devices. Uh, so, you know, everything you do um, from, uh, you know, your website, I, I believe you had an interview with um, John Hollenberg. Recently. That's right, yep. yeah. I'm, I'm sure that John would have would have uh, said a lot around, um, you know, that, that need for the mobile uh, capability of your, of your website. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I, and I guess, you know, when we were looking at uh, that April 21 change to Google and giving preference to mobile optimised or responsive sites, um, it, you know, when, when you are searching Google on mobile, um, you know, is obviously a great incentive. And what we actually found was that the majority of the pharmacy, major pharmacy brands, including Chemist Warehouse, weren't actually mobile responsive. So for an independent pharmacy owner, and a lot of, a lot of our listeners are, um, you know, 
represents you know great opportunity uh, when you're trying to be found I guess through a localized search as well which might just be a pharmacy search in your local area well wow, yeah that's that's very true the um, and it's, it's interesting when you again you say the uh, and again pharmacies are not certainly not the the only industry that that has this challenge but um, when you when you have a lot of the the large franchises as opposed to you know local operators um, what you often find is that um, in a lot of ways if you if you do this stuff well as a local operator you've actually got quite a uh, quite an advantage you're probably not aware of and that is that uh, a lot of times with uh, franchises is that they they have a kind of you know one size fits all model in in some respects and uh, uh, what you you find is that uh, for example, um, uh, Terry White's probably a, a large franchise here in uh, Queensland where I'm based. Um, you know, you, you go into a, a Terry White chemist anywhere um, around Queensland and they're, they're practically identical uh, as opposed to whereas the local um, uh, pharmacy has a bit more of that um, uh, local has the ability to to have a bit more of a local flair of interest to to their their local community and and stock products and uh, whatever that are relevant to their local community as opposed to just stocking what the you know the national franchisee says you have to stock. Well, look, absolutely, and and I guess it's also. <clears throat> paying respect that you know with the you know the huge shift in exclusivity of certain retail products in in pharmacy retail areas now into supermarkets into discount areas general merchandise retailers as well um, there's really no need now to be everything to everyone and that you know every community much like it was you know back in the 1800s does have particular niches and needs and you know obviously one of the greatest growing ones in Australia broadly is around things like diabetes and also um, aged care as well and we're seeing a, a big differential between nursing home beds and people being requiring to actually go there so they need to stay in their home for longer and require the services of a local primary health care um, practitioner like a pharmacist um, so there's, there's great niches and needs but often those areas aren't reflective of that and I guess as we begin to talk about you know the best uses of social media and you know one of the best examples when we're talking about, I guess, myths of where where um, our patients may actually be be at the moment, and you know, you might have some stats around, um, particularly Facebook, which is um, one of the most commonly used platforms for most of our listeners, um, is that the older demographic are you know really taking to Facebook like ducks to water because it does have that added value of social connectiveness to their families and grandkids and photos, um, which is really not possible in the past when they were really reliant on the family always coming to visit and bringing photos to show them and up, keep them up to date. Yeah, look, you, you make a, a really good point there and, and, and it is exactly right that um, uh, I'll give an example. Like my, my dad is, uh, I think he's uh, 77 this year and uh, just last year, um, you know, became quite active on, on uh, Facebook and for exactly the reasons that you point out that, uh, you know, family tends to spread far and wide and so it's not easy to always, you know, get the grandkids and photos, um, uh, you know, to where granddad is all the time. So, uh, just, uh, you know, Facebook is uh, certainly 
opened up a lot of opportunities for that, that older demographic. Uh, and there's another myth is that, um, that the younger demographic is, is, you know, moving away from Facebook because it's not cool because their mum and grandfathers and whatever <laughs> are on there. That's actually not the case. It's, it's still the number one uh, platform for the, the, the younger generation as well. Um, so, look, Facebook, uh, it, it's got some, some great... Uh, aspects and, and some not so great and it's, uh, I, it's what I call as far as you know business goes it's a it's a necessary evil you, you just you know you do need to be on Facebook for sure but I guess as, as we keep saying now you know all the rules keep changing you know I know that you know having Facebook pages myself you know but even I think about 12 or 18 months ago the rules changed where your posts only got sent to you know close to probably about six percent and you might have a better stat on that um, in terms of you know what how many of your followers or people that liked your page will actually receive your your posts so you know often sometimes it can be disheartening that if you had gone to the trouble of establishing 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 yourself on that platform where you're subject to the rules changing, um, it could you know impact you great, quite greatly. You're definitely right. It's um, and probably probably one of the things that uh, you know listeners probably need to embrace is that the only constant with social media is change. Uh, it, it it you know constantly updates. It, it, Different things are, are changing all the time. Twitter are changing their rules around certain things at the moment. And Facebook just seems to be this never-ending flux of change. And uh, so the, the first thing I would say is that you, you need to um, you either you know, connect with someone in your local area who you know, is quite uh, au fait with, with social media or at least subscribe to some, some good blogs that, um, you know, give out social media advice and also obviously pick ones that uh, have some sort of prevalence uh, to, to Facebook because you do need to keep up with the changes. You're right, the, uh, you know, the organic reach on Facebook is, is dropping and dropping. Uh, it is realistically, it's below 6% now, depending on how many uh, followers you, you, know, you have on your page. It can be as low as 1% which is, like you say, quite disheartening mm. if you spent a number of years building up that, uh, that community and, and whatever. So the second thing is that uh, the reality now in, in today's age is, um, you know, albeit that um, Facebook and, and all social media platforms really started out as a, you know, a free, um, free tool, uh, it, it really isn't anymore. Uh, you, you really do have to you know, allocate a, a portion of your, you know, your overall marketing budget to some some paid social media um, advertising and um, promotion these days, especially on Facebook. Yeah, and I, look, I suppose when you consider the fact that you know a lot of our listeners have engaged in local newspaper advertising in the past, and I think even now you're still going to be paying around about a thousand to twelve hundred dollars for a half-page ad in one single issue. Um, that the costs of social media are still uh, well and truly well below that in terms of uh, how much exposure you'll get for that kind of uh, that kind of spend if you're going to do that every month. Oh, absolutely. And the, the fact that you can be a lot more targeted in that spend too. So, uh, you know, as opposed to, you know, advertising in your local paper, 
um, well, you know, you're just subject to how many people might you know buy or read that paper on on a on a given day. Uh, whereas, you know, the the targeting options with with Facebook and Twitter and others, um, you can really drill down and make sure that you're getting that message in front of the right people. So, it's it's still whilst it's no longer free, it, it's still you know probably one of the most cost effective ways to to reach out to your audience or, or customers. Yeah, look, I guess that, you know, the fact that there has been that transition in that, you know, you can, you know, so-called advertise on social media. And I think that, you know, might be one of our biggest problems in that, you know, the majority of our listeners, a lot of different Facebook pages that I've audited and looked at, you know, we still tend to be doing the same things that we were doing in those local newspaper ads and that it might just be uh, advertising a sale or a promotion or something very transactional. Um, And, you know, really, you know, as you as you probably probably tell us, you know the social media and certainly even even websites that uh, reflect that kind of nature through Google are getting penalised for, I guess, not providing I guess helpful content as opposed to something that more is linked to a sale. Exactly right. It's um it's really about you know it's it's what I call the ninety ten rule. It's it used to be the eighty twenty. It's it's now the ninety ten, and essentially that means that ninety percent of the content that you put out on your on your social media profiles really has to be exactly that. It has to be that um, engaging and helpful content where you're solving the problems of your of your customers. Um, or giving them, uh, and I'm, sh- I'm aware that you know in pharmacies you have to be very careful around uh, advice, um, but it's it's around you know solving those problems, uh, putting out information that's it's helpful, um, staying within the you know the realms of what you you can and can't do, uh, as opposed to actual uh, self promotion. So yeah, ninety percent uh, helpful, ten percent self promotion. Yeah, and I guess it's just it's just very difficult sometimes to you know determine well, what what is it, and you know quite often I've had a lot of colleagues say to me, well, what what am I supposed to put there if I can't you know syndicate what's coming out with catalogs, which might be what the pharmacy brands are providing, because I guess the pharmacy brands or banners have always been that outsourced marketing channel for pharmacists, and I guess when they're bringing some of this back in house, which is I guess more relevant to where social media should be, which is you know as, as I as I love that quote that uh, Tim Reid always refers to, is it just that, is that conversation that you're having with your customers when they're not in front of you, and really trying to treat it that way rather than um, trying to be something too artificial or something you know that that you're really not. So that if you are having certain conversations with patients in the pharmacy, then obviously you're not going to be mentioning their names and things. But there are some great stories that not only you could be obviously talking about in store, but you could be potentially you know documenting and showcasing in a social media channel. Uh, absolutely, and yeah, Timbo is 100% correct there. But um, and so you know that that kind of leads into exactly you know how do you how do you come up with that content, and that that's certainly one good way. The other way is also with what was called curated content. So that uh, you know is essentially it's content written by somebody else, and you're just putting your um, endorsement of that being good information. So there's really no no issue and no problem. And in fact, I tell all of my clients that they should use a, a fair degree of curated content um, for two reasons. One, uh, coming up with all of that content yourself constantly is a, is a big, uh, heavy load. And uh, so, using curated content is a is a very time effective way of um, 
getting out um, you know that helpful uh, information uh, to to your people. Obviously, you know, preface that by saying you wouldn't use content written by a uh, you know a competitor, um, but there's there's always you know plenty of stuff you can find. Uh, and there's, there's certainly uh, even good uh, curation uh, tools that you can use to find that content very easily that, um, you know, it, it's essentially just a message you're putting out saying, look, this is just, this is a great article you should read. And that, you know, that's, that, that's some of the best content to often use. And I think a lot of a lot of our listeners will pretty resonate with that when we've thought about having pharmacy newsletters, which I know a lot of us have had in the past, where you will just take an article from might be the the Better Health Channel or something you know quite quite well known in the I guess providing health advice in a I guess a general space, um, and bring that together and you know recopy that for a pharmacy newsletter that got printed to be handed out to people. So it's probably not a concept too far, and it's really just a case of getting your head around obviously grabbing the link for that you know perhaps you know putting a few sentences around what your thoughts around it so that's not just simply a uh, I guess a redistributed piece of information but at least you're putting a frame of context around it exactly right that, that's that's the whole point you're not trying to in any way say that it's your article or anything like that you're, you're always um you know quoting the the actual author and and uh, as you said just put that one or two sentences around um you know your your opinion i suppose on, on that that piece of content yeah yeah and and i guess um adam for for for, so, for facebook in in particular um you know a lot a lot of what some of my colleagues have mentioned to me in the past that you know they've tried to shy away from i guess promoting themselves personally um and you know quite and from a number of chats that we've had on this show a lot of our guests have said look it's probably better that you're actually telling the story about who you are and how your business stands out so i guess is there is there, is there any um businesses that you've seen that have done that quite well but you know it hasn't made i guess the business owner uncomfortable in terms of you know the type of attention that they might get which you know perhaps they're probably thinking is going to be unwarranted yeah um you know i actually work with a a a few um uh, law firms and um financial planners uh and and they're probably not uh, now whilst they're not really in a in a in that retail type of space, but what where we're talking about is that you know talking about themselves and uh, and what they do and why they're different. Um, it, you know, it's it's quite quite relevant. So uh, I can't really sort of give you exact um, uh, clients or whatever I work sure. with because of confidentiality agreements. But in in, in general general sort of terms, um, they're 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 two industries that are starting to embrace social media really well. And um, you know, are really getting uh, great results because they're they're early adopters. Um, you know, there's, a, there's certainly a lot of um, financial planning firms and and, and lawyers and uh, accountants and whatever around that uh, haven't started doing this. So the guys that uh, that are starting to embrace it now are certainly seeing you know great results, and uh, uh, they're they're doing that that mix well. Uh, you know, it's all about. Uh, strategy. So you, you've got to you've got to really f- sort of plan out a whole strategy using that ninety ten rule. Some of it should be about yourself. Uh, you should certainly have um, you know uh, shouting f- 
far and wide, uh, and by that I mean sort of on your, you know, like your background images for like your Facebook page or your, your Twitter profile or whatever, taglines or, or whatever it is you're going to use that differentiates you within your, you know, within your market and, and why you're better. And of course, then that curated content, the content you create yourself, your blog posts, you know, everything else. So uh, it just takes a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, planning, obviously, and that's really the first step is, is planning out that, that, that whole content strategy and then, of course, implementing that in a time-effective manner. Yeah, and look, I guess it always then comes right the way back to, I guess, what the business wants to be known for as well and, you know, what are, you know, the major key concerns of the community and really, you know, establishing then who who is that, who is that, you know, typical customer that you, you need to be having that conversation with um, on scale, I guess, through social media. And it sometimes, you know, is, you know, that that's where sometimes you can overcome, I guess, the... Um, I guess the uncomfortable nature of communicating through social media and that you don't really know who's reading it, who's getting it, but you realise that it's quite relevant to the t- typical person that you're seeing in your pharmacies all the time and the typical problems and, um, you know, really looking at all of the different things that are happening on a weekly basis and speaking to those problems rather than, you know, trying to think of, you know, just the fact that oh, it might be arthritis week next week, oh, we better do something about that, even though yeah. arthritis may not be a very key concern of uh, your typical customer yeah exactly right so um, that's you know one area where you know you can uh, really get that type of information right from the horse's mouth so to speak is because you have so much interaction with your your, your customers on a daily basis you know um, they'll be sort of telling you what the um, you know what the what the issues are and there's, there's of course there's like you said things like flu week and whatever and you know, there's times of year like right now I'm imagining is the the time of year for the flu seasons and, um, and in fact I just heard um, something on the the radio driving into my office today around uh, the flu vaccines just being released today here in Queensland so you know ha- having a little f- bit of forward um, planning on those type of things and um, uh, you know putting that inf- that's that's sort of what we're talking about you know that really helpful information is around um, you know oh, you know Queensland government if you're a Queensland-based, uh, I'm sure it would be the same in, in the other states, but uh, saying you know, Queensland government releasing uh, free flu vaccines this week um, you know, and a bit of information around um, you know, how you go about getting those, those free vaccines. Yeah, and that's probably a great example too because it's really an innovative space for pharmacy at the moment where there are some vaccination trials going on right around Australia at the moment, particularly also in Queensland where there are pharmacist and pharmacy-based uh, immunisation uh, flu vaccination clinics getting set up. And so there's really a great opportunity to be showcasing an innovative side of the pharmacy industry and also for your individual pharmacy, uh, but linking a product to service and also some helpful content around making sure that that's a great experience when you're having it. Um, so you're enabling people to book in, you're able to educate them about obviously how they can prevent um, even the common cold and so forth. So, you know, that's probably a great example of, uh, you know, how I guess all of that could be shaped as, you know, as you might say, as a, as a, as a campaign on social media. 
Absolutely. And then, you know, you could, you know, if you thought about that, you could take that even maybe a little bit further and um, imagining uh, flu vaccines, maybe not a great example for kids, but um, uh, around immunizations for children um, and, and obviously the, um, you know, the, the whole issue of, uh, you know, children not, not uh, enjoying that experience. So maybe helpful tips on, on how you could you know, teach, you know, talk to your kids about the, the reasons why they need to have that and what to expect and you know, just, just good helpful information that you know, parents could use when uh, you know, trying to uh, tell their kids why they need to have that. Yeah, and and, that, and that's you know as we so often talk about is that you know in our pharmacies that's the conversation we would be having. Um, but funnily enough, when so-called technology gets in the way or it starts to go onto a digital platform, which is a little bit misunderstood, we, we suddenly you know get a bit artificial and start looking at what others are doing. And uh, you know if, if the others are doing the wrong thing and you're copying them, it's not a great thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And actually, you, you make another good point there, Robert. Is that you know when you're having those online com- conversation is you need to really make sure they're aligned with the conversation that you would have in store. Uh, so it should be the same voice, it should be the same message so that when you know, that person who's been exposed to that message offline comes into the store that you know, it's congruent with, with the whole experience that they have and that's what, that's what really builds that uh, credibility and trust and, and what really gets you, you know, good impact from that online sort of uh, content. Yeah, and, and I guess it's just really extending the reach of that in-store experience to the digital platforms and <clears throat> really recognising the pros and cons of both and being able to even overlap the two uh, to create a better experience than what you'd be able to achieve with either one alone and uh, moulding it together as a single strategy rather than seeing the in-store experience completely separate from the online experience. Yeah, definitely. That's um, if you if you can sort of master that uh, that uh, and let's uh, you know be realistic. It's it's not easy, as you said. It's um, there, there can be a tend- tendency towards a, a, a herd mentality of uh, looking out at what everyone else is doing, as opposed to just staying true to your own you know beliefs and voice. And uh, in the end of the day, if you if you can if you can do that and, and sort of you know, not worry too much about what everyone else is doing, um, yeah, that. That um, voice that you you put out will resonate with your your customers much in a, in a much more powerful way. Yeah, and I can hear a lot of our a lot of our listeners thinking right now, and that you know, social media again, it's something that's going to take it, take up some time, and clearly there's going to need to be a need to understand the technology around it. And you know, the initial thought is, okay, I've got to invest time and money into this. How do I determine whether I'm ever going to get even a return on this, both from my time but also financially? Yeah, it's it's the age-old question, isn't it? (laughs) Um, One of the good things with uh, social media is that, um, generally speaking, it it comes with some pretty powerful analytics. So tracking, you know, your results is is not too difficult. Uh, However, you know, I do say in, certainly in the getting started phase, don't don't get too bogged down in the in the you know the analytics. Uh, just get the the flow happening and um, you know your voice uh, sort of resonating. But you know, in the long term, certainly that stuff you you do want to start looking at. But um, the the reality is, you know, if you think about it in this way, is um, uh, should I be on there or not? Well. Um, 
think about it in, in five years' time or 10 years' time and, and then do that in reverse. Look back five years, 10 years and how much the market's changed. And imagine if, if five years ago, you know, even 10 years ago, you didn't uh, roll with the punches and, uh, you know, update the, the, what was happening at that time and all of your other competitors did, where would you be now? And, and it's, it's kind of that same thing. If you, if you don't sort of uh, get started on it now, there is absolutely no possibility in this world that going forward social media isn't going to play an important role in, in all business. Uh, so uh, giving you, your competitors a, a free five-year jump on, on you know, what you're doing is, is probably not a good idea. So uh, I, I would embrace it, just say, look, yeah, okay, it's something we know we need to do. But it also may be that it's something you need to invest a little bit of money into you know, getting some an initial assistance. Uh, you know, and it doesn't have to be ongoing. If you just get um, a little bit of help um, to get started uh, and then you know, train your team internally to take that over. And there's, there's lots of tools and ways you can um, really make that time effective. Uh, things like uh, scheduling platforms like uh, uh, Hootsuite um, is, is one very good one that um, you know, it allows you to essentially um, have all your content preloaded for any period in, in advance that you like. Uh, and to give you an example, generally speaking, even my own social media content, I'll have that scheduled a month in advance uh, because the you know, if, you, if you're waiting till to, for today to put out what you're going to have on your social media, um, uh, one, it becomes, well, what am I going to do today? And two, it's, uh, it becomes very time um, poor in, uh, in doing that because what you find is you, you, um, if you can get yourself into good habits, uh, you'll spend a little bit of time, you know, you might spend an hour a day just finding curated content another day organizing you know what's all the the things happening you know over the next six months that we you know we should be aware of and, and creating a strategy around and then you might spend another day just uploading all that content through a scheduling platform like Hootsuite and all of a sudden okay you've had three very productive hours as opposed to if you tried to do that on a daily basis um, you know you just you just won't get there well, I guess it's like everything in, on any day that if, uh, you know, you leave an important thing to, you know, keep, keep getting pushed out throughout the day, something else will take it over. And, you know, quite often we're often then dictated to by other people's agendas. So it's something that's obviously quite key to the strategy and the communication of your business. So, you know, you don't really want to leave that to chance. No, and you definitely don't. And, uh, and the other thing you don't want to... You know, fall into the the trap of which is is quite common is uh, thinking, oh, you know, we've got someone young in the in the the business, and uh, they'll be across social media, so we'll we'll make that their problem um, uh, for one of a very bad term. Uh, that you know, their problem becomes your problem if if they're not uh, resonant, you know, getting the voice of your your business right, and you know, if, if you're leaving those guys to you know uh, have their own spin on how things should be. What, um, promoted on social media and what type of content um, very very dangerous territory 
Yeah, and, and particularly given it might be someone who, you know, only works after school once or twice a week and uh, really isn't uh, tuned in and uh, keyed into the key issues of what's happening in the pharmacy right now. And I guess we've heard a lot of a lot of horror stories of brand bigger brands that have probably even done it badly by just simply outsourcing it to the wrong people. But I guess, you know, because quite often on this show we look outside of our industry to see where some of the technology and some of the strategies getting implemented really really well. Um, could you tell our listeners, uh, I guess, one example perhaps that you could think of where social me- media has been really well connected with a, with a, with a bricks and mortar business and, um, you know, they've got a really nice congruent message? Yeah, probably um, I'll give you a good example. You know, a US-based um, his company uh, is very big in retail called Nordstrom's and um, they essentially they're um, you know a David Jones in Australia on steroids, but um, in much you know, in a much bigger way than David Jones is here. But uh, Nordstrom's have you know embraced social media in an exceptional way, and um, you've know, really uh, got that messaging right, and got that mix right between you know the curated content, um, their, you know, their own content that they're. Um, uh, generating themselves and the uh, the sales message uh, so yeah definitely just you know, google Nordstrom on you know Pinterest and uh, Facebook and Twitter and just, just have a look at, at some of the stuff they're doing yeah yeah, no, it's really interesting, and and I guess you know because they're a big brand and so forth, you know, I guess it's you, they're going to be quite consistent across, I guess, all different states and territories of the US. But um, have you come across any, I guess, localized businesses? Might even be hospitality that we quite often look at, as it's I guess the the parallels between that and um, healthcare, because obviously there's a very high touch from a customer patient point of view that uh, have a really good, nice community feel that you've seen, even something locally. Um, yeah, look, some of the um, some of the local gyms I've I've been sort of checking out recently, and uh, not that I'm, I'm specifically working with any myself, but um, I'm, I'm seeing that uh, you know um, I'm not sure I have to kind of preface mostly Queensland-based stuff uh, because it's, it's where I am, and yeah. uh, that um, there's a new sort of uh, gym uh, franchise up here called Good Life. Uh, so I'm not sure how. Yeah, no, there's how, what there's in Victoria as well. Oh, okay, yep. cool. Um, and uh, I've seen they've been uh, swallowing up some other uh, gyms uh, around the area. There's, there was a chain here called Phoenix Gyms, and uh, Good Life took over those. And uh, funnily enough, um, uh, Phoenix, because it was a new and an innovative sort of uh, brand at the time, uh, really sort of was embracing the social media very well. And of course, when Good Life um, uh, took them over. They they pretty much took over that that whole uh, social media presence that they had, and um, uh, they're doing yeah, doing great things with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, really, really, really good. And like, I guess it always comes down to, I guess, taking those first first steps first, and um, you know, trying to obviously make sure that you you're not trying to be be on every platform. And um, you know, I think you know, Facebook for most pharmacies has been a, a good place to start. And you know, I've seen a lot of good stories being told there in terms of obviously having photos of you know different events and so forth. But I guess it's about being consistent as well, and that you know you can get it right for maybe a few weeks but it's not a, a seasonal strategy it's uh, it's every single day yeah exactly and uh, another platform whilst um, a lot of your listeners will probably uh, not be even thinking of uh, is uh, LinkedIn 
And uh, LinkedIn is certainly one of the platforms you, you should be sort of embracing and uh, uh, you know the the advertising and promotional uh, opportunities there are, are increasing, um, but more about it, it's more about positioning yourself um, as as a sort of uh, you know industry expert, and uh, it's it's a very powerful platform there. It's got its own blogging sort of platform these days that's that's um, you know exceptionally uh, well received by people on there, and if you think about it, the you know, you got to think about where your ideal clients may be, and um, you know whether your particular you know, target market in your area is is going to be on certain platforms. So one of the one of the best ways to to get that information is to is to just have a um, a form, uh, you know, just a short form that, um, and you probably you possibly already doing this in uh, loyalty programs and anything you have anyway with um, you know, getting people's you know, name and email but just just go a little bit further and, and uh, just give them some tick boxes you know which which um, you know which social media platforms do you, do you like the most and uh, you know, give them half a dozen uh, choices and you, know, you might be surprised over you know, a couple of months of, of your people doing that as to the trends you'll find that um, you know, your local area are, are utilizing. Yeah, and look, particularly if you've got an inner city uh, pharmacy as well with a lot of uh, office buildings and uh, high-end professionals, um, you know, again, that's probably going to be the best way of reaching these these people as well as they may be spending more and more time in that uh, B2B or, I guess, LinkedIn space um, yeah. and, um, you know, really not have a, uh, a consistent relationship with any pharmacy. So it certainly opens up an opportunity. Yeah, definitely, and and you, as you point out, it's it's all about you know being on the right platforms. Uh, and if you are in a in a city uh, pharmacy, you certainly will find LinkedIn is um, a very attractive option. If you're in a more um, suburban area that has an older uh, clientele, well, you know maybe not. So that's that's why you need to you know get that that information uh, in your local area. And the the best way to start with that is is exactly that. Just um, just asking you. you your current clients, you know, where do they spend their time? Yeah, and I guess as you mentioned earlier about analytics, it's one of those things that at least you can measure, uh, so that if you do try something out and you do throw, you know, fifty, a hundred dollars on a campaign, uh, you can really measure measure the effectiveness of it, and uh, that's I guess something you really can't do with the traditional media in that uh, you don't really know if it works. You might have a, a coupon in there or something to get yeah. people back in, so that you can measure it, but uh, you know, in this case, you know exactly how many people have viewed it and have perhaps clicked on it. So, you know, again, it, it gives you a lot more uh, chance of, I guess, learning of what to do next. Yeah, definitely. And, and the other thing that's probably uh, worth pointing out too, Robert, is that um, one of the one of the things you should all you, or your listeners should really um, get their head around is uh, keeping in mind that um, at the end of the day, you don't own any of your social media profiles, uh, you know, Facebook owns your, your Facebook profile and Twitter owns your Twitter and LinkedIn and, you know, whichever ones else that you like. While they allow you to use them, at the end of the day, as you've seen, they can constantly change the rules and, and um, or, you know, heaven forbid, you, your account gets shut down from a, uh, being hacked from a spammer or, or you know, whatever. Um, so you really should also use your social media to create your own database. 
and this is this is really a critical long-term strategy that you should um, uh, have part of your strategy around getting people onto you know your your email list or or however you're storing that that information because that's the only thing you know your blog your website uh, your opted-in people that are um, you know, listening to what you say on those those platforms are really at the end of the day the only the only uh, uh, marketing collateral that you truly own. So um, you definitely start having a bit of your strategy around you know converting that social media um, followings and uh, interaction, uh, and you can do that very effectively through you know some of the, the way you do your posts where you know you're asking them to subscribe to something or whatever for a free gift or you know whatever it, it might be uh, it's it's a very uh, underutilized and uh, uh, often to a long-term detriment of companies that uh, that don't do it yeah no look and, and it's one of those underutilized assets that um, you know a lot of colleagues aren't using right now and that they may already have a large one as well from their loyalty database which um, you know has either been managed by their banner group or just simply is just sitting there under uh, underutilized um, without tapping into but at the same time you know I've often heard that social media really is like a, like in a metaphorical sense, like attending a party. And uh, if you're allowed to be in that party, it may be at one point in time where the bouncer comes along and says, well, we're only going to allow those certain people in and you have to do certain things to be here, in which case uh, you've lost the ability to communicate with the entire people there. So you do need to still have give people a reason to come see you on, a, I guess, a, a platform or your own uh, your own home base um, to be able to you know communicate and keep up to date with you in conjunction with those conversations definitely and the other the other side of that is that um you know it, it can sometimes uh, be an expensive platform to, to um or strategy uh with your social media depending on you know you know what niches you're targeting so as opposed to you know building a good database on your blog or whatever you know you can essentially um get your message to those people uh effectively uh and also at a very cost effective way yeah yeah, ab- absolutely. And I guess, Adam, as we start to, I guess, look at, I guess, the ever-changing nature of social media and, uh, you know, who knows what platforms may, may come up and be developed and who knows what may, who may disappear. Um, but I guess when we cast an eye to the, uh, to the, to the future, I guess, where do, like, I guess there's so many different aspects to it. To it. You, there's so many different automations that can be tied in with processes that happen inside uh, retail and fixed businesses uh, that can extend to social media. But I guess what would you see if, I guess, time and resources were taken away? I guess what would you see the ultimate um, role for social media um, playing moving forward? Oh, the old uh, the crystal ball. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, yeah, it's a good question. The... Look, quite quite honestly, uh, the, the way the way I see it is that um, there's three aspects of social media. There's the the social side of social media, which is you know all of us getting on Facebook or whatever, and you know seeing what our friends are up to and that sort of thing. And that's certainly never going to change. Uh, on the on the business aspect of of how social media is implemented, uh, it. it it is definitely going to go to a pay-to-play pay model. There, there is no two ways about it. So, so building that uh, trust and, and credibility through social media is is really critical. I think it's something that you, you need to start doing now for the future, uh, because at some point in the future, you know, especially around Facebook, it's it's a constant change, and uh, already you know I'm aware of some. 
industries where they're finding the cost of advertising on, on Facebook is already becoming quite prohibitive and they're looking to other, uh, you know, other methods. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, I think if, you, if you're really focused on using it, not so much to, as an advertising uh, medium, I'm not saying you don't use it for that, but um, what I'm saying is you definitely want to do is build you know, that trust and credibility and following through that social media uh, now for the, you know, for the future. Yeah, yeah. And I guess as we start to see, you know, that overlapping into even healthcare, you know, there's a great example that I keep um, following, um, one called Sick Weather out of the uh, US, which is uh, very closely mapped the, uh, funnily enough, we were talking about flu, uh, mapping the flu virus, um, almost identical uh, flow to the way the CDC actually match, matches up the uh, flu vaccine, the flu spread throughout the US and how closely they were able to marry it up based on some social media sentiment and people's thoughts and uh, expressions around fever and cough and all of those types of things that, uh, you know, again, it's something that, um, you know, there are, it's a good listening platform, I guess, as well as uh, one that you can express yourself on. Yeah, well, that's uh, that sounds uh, pretty cool. I'd, uh, I'll have to have a look at that. But uh, yeah, and that's the that's that's a good point that you know technology is just going to continue to increase, and there's going to become more and more of these niche type of sites that that you know do that type of thing, uh, and you know, other you know, even in you know, normal weather you know, these days, we we virtually you know go on on apps on our on our mobile phones and whatever to to check out what the what the weather's doing as opposed to really waiting for the you know the news at uh, uh, six o'clock at night so uh, these these type of apps and um, and websites and whatever that are you know, specifically niche to certain outcomes uh, are going to be you know, become more and more prevalent and of course they're going to have um, advertising um, and promotional opportunities added to them as they become more and more popular yeah yeah no absolutely fantastic adam it's been brilliant having you on the show today i know that our listeners will uh certainly have looked to take those extra few steps forward from where they currently are with social media and hopefully take a different frame and context around what it means for them and their business as a uh, as i guess a congruent strategy to their business rather than just something that uh, other people have added on because uh, it seems hip to do that so been a pleasure to have you on and uh, look forward to inviting you back in the not too distant future Thanks, Robert. Enjoyed it immensely. And uh, yeah, definitely look forward to coming back and doing some more with you guys. Cheers. Thanks, Adam. Bye. Well, there you have it, listeners. You asked for social media expertise on the Transformation Show, and that's exactly what the author of Social Media Secret Source, Adam Houlihan, has delivered for us today. So many key learnings that we could take away from it, and certainly a whole different frame and context that we should be looking at social media through when we consider what it can do for us and our businesses. My three key learnings, well, the major ones are, is that don't get overwhelmed with it. And the first one I do have is you don't need to be on every platform. As Adam told us, there's over 400 different social media platforms right now, but it doesn't mean that our patients and our customers are in that space right now. So we don't need to be doing everything for everyone all the time. We've done enough of that in our physical stores and we're starting to see these niches that we should be focusing on. It might be aged care, it might be diabetes, but we need to be looking at what are our common patients where are they sitting and what, are, what platforms are they using? We discussed the fact that older customers are now going to social media to connect with their families, their grandchildren. So next time you have a chat with one of your patients, 
ask them if they're on social media and which ones they're using and maybe establish your platform in that space. Most likely it's gonna be on Facebook. So really it's about creating your community and as we spoke about many times, it's like recreating that soda fountain in the drugstores from the 1900s and giving you a case to have a conversation in your community hub but doing it on scale and having that conversation when people aren't in front of you and viewing it that way. It's just so important that we have the right context and also making sure that we recognize that these platforms the rules can change. They're like parties. You might attend them. You might have a chats to people at those things. But at the end of the day, if there's someone who really floats your boat and you want to have a conversation outside of that party, you need to get them onto your social, onto your own database and to your website, which is what we've spoken about a couple of times, more specifically with John Hollenberg in episode 37. The second one is be authentic. You don't need to be anything different than your own authentic self when you're on social media. You don't need to look at what perhaps the guy down the road is doing, what the competition, what the liquor store is doing, unless it really floats your boat, unless it's something that you really enjoy and you got a lot of value of and it strengthened that relationship, then you're probably looking at someone you should be modeling. But someone who just literally tells you that they're selling a product at a particular price or that there's an event on and it just seems to be a bit of a one-off and it's not really that helpful in terms of getting you to where you want to be and giving you some additional information that you wouldn't find anywhere else. So it's really about being authentic and really having those conversations. So it very well could be as we spoke about, when you're having a conversation many times throughout the day, it might be during flu season, which was a specific example we spoke about, and that you might just extend that conversation for anyone who may be interested. Sure, you may need to review, remove the individual patient's names and the specific context if you need to for confidentiality, but you're going to be able to put a great story out and it doesn't need to be, you know, a war and peace chapter of a book. It really just needs to be very succinct and it could even be video. That's a great platform to be able to capture it in the case that you just pull out your phone, take a quick video about talking about that particular conversation and that might be a way that you want to communicate. Not everyone likes doing it through a written base. So find the right medium for you and you can just utilize the social media platform to extend your reach to a bigger audience and attract new people to your business, but also communicate with your existing customers as well whilst they're spending all that time on their mobile devices and on Facebook anyway, you may as well be part of their everyday conversation. And the third one, in order to be part of the everyday conversation, we need to plan. We need to plan to succeed. We recognize that social media is a key ingredient of a modern business, let alone a modern pharmacy. So we need to be dedicating some time and also resources and understanding and education to how we go about doing that. And so you might need to understand some of the tools that we've spoken about even on the Transformation Show, like Hootsuite, which is where you can preload all your content as Adam was saying himself, up to a month in advance so that you can set and forget it. Sure, you'd like to know what's going out every day, just in case there's the odd thing that happens on an everyday basis that conflicts with it, in which case you can pull it back. But otherwise, it's a case of really having a consistent tone and voice when you're communicating. 
You always marvel at the fact that whenever we've got a relationship with a TV station or a particular show, it's because they're consistent in that they're always available. If it's something that, like the news that's always on at 6 p.m. every single day, it's the same thing with your content that's coming out through social media. It's not just whilst you're running an event and then you disappear for a few months. It must be part of your consistent conversation. And you don't need to do it every single day, but you need to plan to do that every day. And you can utilize curation, which was something that Adam spoke about, to take the pressure and responsibility off you to come up with new and refreshing and engaging and helpful content. You might isolate that you have a particular strong demographic in your community around a specific health condition. I probably give diabetes too much of a run, but perhaps it might be asthma and there might be some great content coming from the Asthma Foundation that you can also curate and give your opinion about what you thought of their article when it actually goes out to your patients. So you can take the pressure off, you can put images, you can do a whole range of things, but the important thing is is to make sure that we commit to that strategy and make it work for us and not just let it run past like every other opportunity that may have gone past us. Well, that brings us to the transformation motivational quote of the week, which comes to us from episode 34 with Tim Reid from Small Business Big Marketing, which of course is, if you think what you've always thought, you'll do what you've always done and you'll get what you've always got. Next week, we're going to review all the key learnings and all the gold nuggets that you can take away from what I've seen in the last two days at Retail and Customer Tech. We've heard from Tesco, Zappos, even what Woolworths is doing locally, as well as from some great business people like David Koch, who shared a great story that I want to share with you around the rise of the Port Adelaide Football Club to become the champions of fan experience which ultimately we can become champions of the in-store pharmacy experience. I know you're going to love it. Leave a comment in the show notes. There is always space at the bottom. If you'd love to share with me what you took away from this episode, or even if you've got a question for Adam, we're always happy to read and respond to each one. And I'm sure Adam would be absolutely delighted to hear from you as well. Have a great week, everyone. And I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye for now.